0: Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to kind of title it kind of weird and kind of do things a little bit backwards here. But I'm going to go over some things that you should not do in the summertime to ensure that your pool is blue, swimmable, and clear. And these are the things that you probably don't want to do in the summertime because this will prevent that from happening. And it's really hard to recover in the summertime when your pool starts to turn. And I'll go over some Things that you should not do in the summer. Pool Service Pro. Open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. The first two are kind of my pet peeves, and I think a lot of people do these two things, and it makes maintaining the pool in the summertime. Very difficult if you do the pool yourself or if you have a pool service. These are the two things that really bother pool service professionals. And the first one is when you don't add water to the pool. So don't add water to your pool and this will ensure that you're gonna have a difficult time keeping the pool running and operating correctly in the summertime. Now, a lot of the newer pools do have a built-in fail safe and there's, in the skimmer there's this UFO looking device and it's called the float diverter valve. So a lot of the newer pools here in California at least have this. If the water does get too low, this will engage. But these valves fail, or they fail in many ways. There's an O-ring in there that fails sometimes. Sometimes they're not properly seated. And sometimes when they do work and get sucked down, once the pool pool turns off, they may pop up or float up slightly. And when it turns on again, they're not set in there correctly. So there's a lot of things that could cause the float diverter valve to fail. And the number one thing that you have to keep in mind is that the pool water level in the summertime is really critical for the operation of the pool. If you have an older pool without any kind of safety mechanism, chances are if the pool level gets too low below the skimmer, then you're going to just have the pump sucking air. And this could cause damage to the pump. It's also going to cause poor circulation or no circulation at all because the pump is not sucking anything but air. And this is something that I see all the time in the summer. For whatever reason, people don't have an autofill or they get busy. They don't fill their pool up and the pool runs dry. So if you want to damage your pump and your equipment, if you want to have algae in your pool or cloudy water or a pool that's just not running, then don't add water to your pool in the summertime. So, I hope after this first one, you're getting the hang of this podcast and where I'm going with this and how I'm kind of phrasing it. The next thing is that you don't want to run your pool more than four hours a day in the summertime. And this is something that we fight and battle customers with all the time. Even with a variable speed pump, a lot of customers don't like running it longer because they feel like they're just wasting electricity. I understand that the air conditioner is going in the summertime and that's your number one consumer. And your electricity bill is going to skyrocket because of that reason. And so the first thing people think is, oh, I'm going to turn my pool down or turn the pump runtime down so that I can save electricity, which they are saving electricity. Don't get me wrong. But with a variable speed pump, you're really not saving any electricity or much of it if you're running it correctly. If you have a standard single speed pump, obviously this is going to generate a lot of kilowatts or a lot of electricity against your bill, your baseline. And of course, running that less is going to save you like cost on your electricity. However, if you don't run your pool a certain amount of time per day, it's going to be hard for it to stay algae-free. It's also going to make for really poor water quality. Sometimes the pool will start to get cloudy. And it's definitely not going to be safe to swim in because it's just not circulating properly. It's going to be dirtier than normal because you're not running the pool long enough. And so if you want a pool that's going to have algae, it's going to get cloudy and it's going to be continuously dirty then just don't run your pool more than four hours a day in the summertime. Now, logically, you want to run your pool as long as you can in the summer, and you want to run it during the peak hours when the sun's hitting the pool. If you have a variable speed pump and you're running it on two speeds, which I recommend, you really are saving a ton of money by having your VS pump running on a low speed primarily. And it's just the optics of it, I think, that something you have to explain to the customers out there. Or if you have a variable speed pump, you may think you're running it longer, causing more electricity use. But in actuality, if you're running it at 1,800 RPMs for, let's say, 12 hours a day, you're using about as much electricity as your single speed pump was running on one hour during that day. So basically, 12 hours at 1,800 1800 RPMs is about one hour of runtime on your old single speed pump. So you can really run the variable speed pumps much longer 20 22 hours per day and use much less electricity in fact if you run it for 22 hours a day and let's say 1800 rpms for 14 hours and then for another eight hours at 2100 rpms or 2200 rpms it's about a four hour run time i would say with a single speed pump maybe even less if i do the math i can probably get exact but i would say that that 22 hours at those lower speeds Is going to be as much as you running your single speed pump half the time that you probably should run it in the summer, which is eight to 10 hours. So it's one of those things where it looks like you're running the pool a lot longer, but you're not consuming as much electricity. I guess the only good analogy I can get is like drip irrigation compared to running your sprinklers. You know, if you run your regular sprinklers for five minutes every zone versus a drip irrigation system. You're consuming a lot less water, but the plants are getting enough water to be watered, and you're saving a lot of water in the process. So it's kind of the similar concept. But of course, the optics of a drip irrigation system versus using your sprinklers is really easy to correlate. Of course, you're going to know you're saving water with drip irrigation. With the variable speed pump, it's hard to correlate that because it seems like you're not because you're running it longer, but you are because you're running it at a lower RPM or lower speed. So that's a fallacy that I run into all the time, fighting customers who are constantly messing with the variable speed pump runtime because they think they're wasting electricity. So, of course, don't run your pump more than four hours a day in the summertime, and your pool's not going to look too pretty. Here's another one that is kind of funny. But it's one of those duh kind of things, but people just don't correlate it. The more you use the pool, the harder it is, it's going to be to maintain that pool in the summertime. So if you're using it every day, you know, you have four or five kids in there swimming, then it's going to be much more difficult to maintain it than a pool that no one's using. And this doesn't seem like it's something that a lot of people can figure out, get their head around. And I've had many customers come up to me, you know, after a pool party, I get there during the week, like on a Tuesday or Wednesday and the pool's cloudy. It looks terrible. And they're like, "Hey, you're not doing your job. The pool looks terrible." I'm like, "So what's going on?" Well, we had a pool party on Saturday and Sunday, and the kids were in there Monday night. And look at the water. You can't even see the bottom or any other than the spectrum. They'll have their dog swimming in the pool all weekend, and then they complain when you get there on a Tuesday and say, "Hey, the pool looks terrible. You're not doing your job properly." And you know, from experience, that dogs really make a mess of the pool. And kids also make a mess of the pool. I mean, do they take bathroom breaks when they go swimming? Not very often. And so this is something that you're going to have to educate the customer. And if you do have a pool with high usage, what I'd like to tell the customer is that I can leave some shock with you. I can also leave some non-chlorine shock bags, and you can put that in before the pool party. And after the kids are done with the party, you can throw the bag of shock in the pool. However you want to manage it, you can have the customer actually help you out when they have these parties and just explain to them that because of the heavy use, the pool is going to kind of get ugly and it's not anything you can do to cure that because you're there once a week and the pool definitely is being used every day. And so I think this one will be don't treat a heavily used pool any differently than a pool that no one swims in. It's not logical, but it's one of those things where you have to educate the customer. And if you're a pool owner that just bought a house at a pool, this is something that you're going to learn right away. The more the pool is being used, the harder it is to maintain it in the summertime. And there are little tricks, of course, like putting non-chlorine shock in at the beginning. You can do different things, like shock the pool after all the kids are done. And make sure they're completely finished because sometimes you'll think the kids are done and you're getting ready to shock the pool and they're like jumping back in the pool. So right before you go to bed, I suggest running the pump. If you have a, a variable speed pump, put it in timeout mode or quick clean mode. Put some chlorine in there and run that pool and let it run the rest of the night. And that way, by the next morning, that pool should be looking pretty good. And also keep an eye on the filter. This is something that... People neglect, especially in the summer. So I would say, don't keep your filter clean and your pool is going to look pretty bad. And this is something that I see a lot. And one reason why I time my filter cleans the way I do, I want to make sure that all my filters are clean by the beginning of April and then they're cleaned again at the end of October or the beginning of October, depending on how the calendar falls or when I start filter cleaning. But you want to have a clean filter during the summertime. Because the worst thing that you can do is have a pool where the filter needs to be cleaned. People are using the pool, it's hot out, the UV index is really high, and I'll touch on the UV index in a minute, and the filter is not clean and running properly. Chances are that's a combination that's not going to be for effective clean pool water, and the filter is something that a lot of people neglect. They don't think it's a big deal to have a dirty filter. I've taken over pools before where I take the top off and I see the D grids and I'm like, when was the last time they cleaned this filter? And I, you know, I asked the customer, so how often do you clean the filter? They're like, oh, every year and a half or so, or I'll I'll get the cartridge filters out. And they're like, the bands are gone. They're all crushed and, you know, just totally destroyed in there. And then I'll ask the customer, when's the last time you cleaned the filter? Like, I don't know. I probably never. I mean, this is something that you run into when you take over a pool. And it's something that I think a lot of homeowners just don't get. You know, it's one of those things like when you go get your oil changed, they always tell you, "Oh, you need to change your air filter and your in cabin filter is dirty." And I think people think that the pool is the same thing. You know, the filter is just something that they're just trying to upsell you on, and you know, you don't really need to worry about it. It's not going to affect anything. And the truth is, the filter is really crucial in the summer. And for you to have a pool that's maintained, that you can not have to shock all the time, doesn't have algae. The filter is a really important component and having a clean filter before summer or during the middle of summer if you need to backwash it or clean the filter. You definitely want to maintain that filter. And what goes hand in hand with this is having good filter elements. I can't tell you how many times I've opened up a filter of a new account and there's like silicone glue holding the grids together, you know, they think that's gonna patch it. Or again the cartridges are so old that they should have been replaced two years ago. This also affects how the water looks, and I think having new filter grids or cartridges when you need them, and I would suggest new cartridges on a four-cartridge-type filter every three years, and if you have a single-cartridge filter, you're changing that every six months or so to make sure that you have a properly maintained filter, and for DE grids, I think if you go past four years, you're pushing it, so every three or four years, you want to replace all eight grids in there, and I think it's something that, You just have to make a note of when the last time you changed the elements, get a sharpie right out on the filter tank, and that way you keep track of it, because you definitely want to change them more often than not, and that way you have a properly running pool in the summer. So don't worry about the filter, don't worry about if it's clean or not, and this is something that's going to ensure that your pool's not going to look good in the summer. Here's another one that I think a lot of people don't really pay attention to, and that's the chlorine level of their pool in the summer. So don't pay attention to the chlorine level of the pool, and you're definitely going to have problems. Algae, you're going to have a cloudy pool. You're going to have an unsafe pool to swim in. And not checking the chlorine is something that's very common in the wintertime. I mean, you're not really paying attention to your pool too much. The water is cold. You may have closed it all winter in some areas of the country. So when summer comes around, you may take kind of this lazy fair attitude towards the chlorine level. And this is probably the most critical thing Besides the filtration and the runtime, all those go hand in hand. But if you're not maintaining a proper chlorine level, the proper sanitizer level in the pool, it can turn really rapidly in the summer. And it's really difficult sometimes to get the pool to turn back because you're having this kind of domino effect. So once you get algae in the pool, you start to shock the pool, you brush it. But the algae goes into the filter. The filter starts to get dirty. You may not clean it properly or think you have to clean it. And then you're putting more chlorine in there. You're getting more algae because now the filter is impacted by the dead algae. And then the algae starts to form again. And this is a vicious cycle in the summer. And I've had pools I've taken over where the customer says, we couldn't use our pool all summer because we were fighting algae since May. And thankfully, we hired you and, and we're able to use our pool. But We only have one month of the season left. And this is a very common thing that happens when the customer is not maintaining the proper chlorine level they get algae, and then you're fighting a battle all summer long to try to get rid of it. I don't want to give you information overload, but I think it's important that I mention that your free chlorine level will vary in the pool as far as effectiveness based on your cyanuric acid level. The easiest way to remember this is that your free chlorine level should be 7.5% of your cyanuric acid level. So you'll have to test your cyanuric acid level, and then you're going to divide that by 7.5%. So let's say you test your cyanuric acid, you'll take it into the pool store, or if you're a pool pro, you'll test it on the pool side. and it's coming at 80 parts per million. That means that you have to maintain 6 parts per million of free chlorine in that pool all week long, every day during that week, in order to prevent the pool from having issues with algae forming or not being effective. So the higher the cyanuric acid level in the pool, the higher the free chlorine level in the pool needs to be. So if your cyanuric acid level is 120 parts per million, you're going to need 120 times 7.5%. You're going to need 9 parts per million of chlorine, free chlorine in that pool to maintain a safe swimming environment in an algae-free pool. And that's where this myth comes where you know you may have a pool that has like 7 parts per million of free chlorine and it's still getting algae in there. And you're thinking, well, this uh, this algae must be chlorine-resistant. And that's kind of a myth. Because algae is not chlorine resistant, it's actually the high cyanuric acid making the free chlorine ineffective in the pool, or not as effective as it should be. And so if you have a pool of 7 parts per million, and you're getting algae, I wouldn't doubt that the cyanuric acid level is above 120 parts per million, maybe 150 or 200 parts per million, and that's why the chlorine is not effective. This is not my formula, not my original idea, but Bob Lowry, before he passed away, this was one of the last things that he theorized and he tested it, and you could test this yourself if you wanted to. And it's been proven by him that this is you not know, a rough math kind of formula because it's a, a very complicated formula, so he just uses it at 7.5%. And this is why a lot of pools have problems when the free chlorine level drops below a certain level and a cyanuric acid level is higher in the pool. And if you have borates in the pool, the 50 parts per million, you can modify this formula to 5%. And so that same pool that had a cyanuric acid level of 80, if you times that by 5%, because you have borates at 50 parts per million, you're going to need just 4 parts per million of free chlorine in there because the borates are an algistat and they extend the life of the chlorine. So this one's an easy one. Don't check your chlorine and keep the proper amount of free chlorine in the pool, and you're definitely going to have a pool with algae. It's going to have cloudy water. And it's not going to be any fun for anyone. And you may be fighting it the whole summer and lose the whole swim season if you're not careful. Now, I mentioned the UV index earlier, and I would touch on this. And here's one that I think is really important. And this is don't pay attention to the UV index. Don't look at the weather forecast. It doesn't have any effect on the pool. In reality, the UV index is something that's really critical. And if you live in Texas where you know this is true, in the summertime, you're going to be going through a lot of chlorine. Because if the UV index is high, even if you have cyanuric acid protecting the chlorine, it's still going to burn off a lot faster than in an area with a low UV index. And that's one reason why in the wintertime you're not adding a lot of chlorine. Besides the water being cooler, the days are shorter. And if you look at the weather report, you're going to see that the UV index is really low in the wintertime. The sun's further away. And therefore, you're not going to have a high UV index as you would have in the summer. And the problem in the summertime with the high UV index is that the chlorine doesn't last as long as you think it will. It'll burn off a lot faster in the pool, especially if there's other factors like a dirty filter or a lower runtime. And so one thing you'll notice when the UV index is high for like a week or two is that you're adding a lot more chlorine in the pool to maintain that chlorine level because it's burning off faster and it's something that people don't think about. But the higher the UV index is, the less effective or the less effective the cyanuric acid is going to be in protecting the chlorine in the pool. And so there's a lot of factors in the summer for pool care, a lot of things that you don't want to do. And if you do these things, you're definitely going to have a bad looking pool. I'm not sure if I follow this whole formula through. It's kind of hard to think when you're on, you know, when you're talking and you're doing the opposite. But if you don't do these things, you're going to have a pool that does not look pretty in the summer Now, of course, there's many things you want to do. You want to, of course, keep the proper water level. You want to have the proper runtime. You want to have a clean filter. You want to check the chlorine level in the pool. You want to treat the pool differently if people are using it. A heavy-use pool definitely is harder to maintain than a pool that's not being used. And you want to keep an eye on the weather and the UV index in your area. Those hot, long summer days, there's a reason why chlorine doesn't last in the pool because of the high UV index. And it's also probably not good for you if you're working out there not to have suntan lotion on on those days. You definitely want to make sure that you protect yourself in those hot UV days when you're doing pool service or maintaining your own pool. So these are some of the things that I think if you don't do these things, your pool's not going to look too pretty. But if you do do these things, your pool is going to look really good. And I hope you're tracking with me in this one. It was a little different, but I wanted to have a little fun with you. kind of get the point across that there are certain things that you do want to do and certain things you don't want to do, especially if you want to have a pool that you can swim in all season long without algae or any kind of other problems. And if you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingpoolearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon and that'll take you to a drop down menu of other podcasts I recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try skimmer free for 30 days at get Skimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's Get skimmer. Backslash Pool Guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.